I promise you, if you will listen attentively, God will say something to you. I've said it time and time again. More than anything else in my life in living for God, I always consider myself a messenger for the Lord. I've always said that no matter what label may be placed on me. I says, I'm God's messenger. I feel very confidently that every time I stand before people and I proclaim the word of God, there's a message for you. There's a message for you. It's not just any word. I don't come up with sermons. I want to speak a message from the Lord into your heart. And tonight I feel strongly about what God wants to say. As I mentioned to you, it's something that God pressed in my heart a couple weeks ago. And he didn't tell me when to minister it. But I feel like this is when he wants me to minister his word tonight. Our scripture text will be taken from, and you may be seated, will be taken from 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 verse 15 says this. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. Verse 17 says, and the world passeth away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. He or she that doeth the will of God abideth forever. There's a lot of people that are making New Year's resolution. That's what we do. A lot of times we say we got to lose some weight. We got to get in shape. I'm going to keep my house up. I'm going to get a new job. All kind of things that we say. And even in church, there are things in church that we say, I got to get a closer walk with God. I got to do better. I got to do this. And we are sincere in when we say those things. But a lot of times those things just don't pan out once we pass February. But I want you to consider this thought. To take you throughout 2017. I feel strongly about this in 2017. I feel strongly that in 2017, God is going to purge and prune some things out of your life so he can do something special in your life. No pain, no gain. And I believe God is going to get involved in your situation more than he's gotten involved in your situation. And he's going to cause you to lose some things just so you can gain some things. And so I believe God is going to get involved in your life. And the things that you don't have uh, the will to give up, God is going to snatch it from you. And what I want you to know is when he snatches it from you, you've got two choices. 
You can get bitter and angry and walk away from the church and walk away from God. Or you can say, God loved me so much that he came and snatched away from me the thing that was going to destroy me. You have two choices when he gets right involved and he snatches it away. And you feel pain for the loss that you're suffering. Because whatever is close to you that you hold very close to you and dear to you, if you lose it, it's going to affect you. And you can walk away and says, that's it for me. I can't believe God did this to me. God don't love me and blah, 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 blah. And we can say that and walk away. Or we can say, all right, God, I'm getting the message. I'm getting the message. You love me so much that you're not going to leave me where I am. People get it backwards. Oh, People get it backwards and think that God loves you so much that he's going to let you do whatever you want. (laughs) If you have a child and you let that child do whatever they want, they're going to embarrass you. If you let that child have everything they want and every time they cry and you cater to them, they're going to embarrass you. And God don't want his children to embarrass him. So whenever he got to step in and discipline us to say, no, you won't have that, he certainly will. I believe God is up to something. And we're going into, I am not worried about Donald Trump's administration in the least. A lot of people are skeptical. What's going to happen? Seems like him and Putin have a good relationship. And what's going to happen? Are they going to turn the world upside down? What are they going to do? I'm not comfortable with his leadership. But you can feel that way if you don't know who Jesus is. You can feel that way if you're not close to Jesus. You can feel that way if you don't have a relationship with the Lord. But if you know who Jesus is, you say, come on, Donald Trump. Come on, Barack Obama. Come on, Bush. Come on, Clinton. It doesn't matter who's sitting in that seat. My God sits on the throne. And the throne rules over everything. That seat might rule the governing body of the United States of America. But the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, whose name is Jesus, His throne is higher than any other. And He sits high above everything. All principalities, all powers and rules. He sits above it all. Not worried about what's going to happen in this world. As a matter of fact, the Bible says where sin abound, grace abound that much more. What I see as a Christian person, when things get really crazy, I begin to smile. Because I know God loves us so much that when we begin to get pressed, he got to show up and take care of his own. Because God, he takes care of what belongs to him. And if the world gets so out of control that God has to step in and says, oh no you don't, they're mine, they belong to me, oh no you don't, he certainly will. So when things get a little crazy, I just know God is up to something. This year, as we go into 2017, here's what I want you to focus on. The very thing that we don't think enough about, we focus on so many other things. This is what I want you to take in 2017. Love God and love people. That's all I want you to focus on. Let me tell you something. Love is not selfish. 
Anytime you find yourself saying you love, but you're doing selfish things, you're misconstruing love. We can't be selfish going in 2017. We can't be selfish in 2017. We need to go into 2017 loving God and loving people. Why don't you try that and just reach over to somebody and show them some kind, some kind act of love. Just touch them. Just say something. You know, we, I can tell if you're just reaching out over to me in a nice way or you're just, you're just, just going through the motion. Let me see how you reach over to people and just say, I'm all in people's business. I'm all in people's business. Uh, I need to help y'all a little bit. Y'all need some help. I, I know y'all need some help. Let me help y'all out. Because I said love God and love people. And, you know, you know when, when it's love, you don't have to strain. Right, son? We don't have to strain when it's love. My son followed me around the whole service. I know he loved me because he's following me around. He might want something, but I know he loves me. That's why he's following me around. <laughs> we know the tendencies, what we show to people. That's love. Oh, yeah. We can't fool people. Loving the world is what the scripture says. Love not the world. The world, as it is used in this context here, does not refer to God's creation as he says, for God so loved the world. It's not talking about the world of God's creation. Nor does it refer to uh, just, just, just people. God, people. It's not talking about the grass, the tree, the seed, the, 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 all the precious things in the earth. And it's not talking about people when he says love not the world. Huh. Some church people, I feel sorry for them, Brother Sam. They read that and they say, I don't talk to them people out in the world. They sinners. I, I just don't know what's wrong with us. We misconstrued God's stuff all the time. I'm just scratching my head all the time. I say, how does that, how is that godly? I don't talk to them sinners. Well, who gonna talk to them so they can get saved? Uh, who, who's going if we don't talk to those sinners, how are they gonna get saved? I just, I just shake my head a lot of times, man. I don't even say anything because I just don't know how we think, what we think of God. But God says love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him or her. Yes. It's not talking about people and God's creation. No, that's not what it's talking about. It's referring to the realm that Satan rules. It's referring to the system that govern our life that is not, it, it's contrary to God. So what we have to do is look at the system of our world, what's how it's being governed, and see how it relates to what the Word of God says. And we also have to look at the evil 
that the enemy, Satan, that you can't see, but he's behind the scene that's orchestrating and pulling the strings behind people. Listen, the devil will put thoughts in people's heart and in people's mind and use them and they're doing something and if we hate them, we will never get them saved. They're just being a vessel of the devil, but we need to speak the word of God into their life so they can get delivered from what that thought is and so they can be set free and so they can get saved so that devil can't use them anymore and so it's important that we understand what it's talking about when it says the world it's the system of the devil it's the system that's broken our world that promotes evil the word for love here does not mean the sacrificial love that God showed us when he gave his life for us that's not the, 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 the love it's talking about it's talking about pleasure more than it is sacrificial love. So what it's saying is take no pleasure in the world system. Take no pleasure in the things that Satan is orchestrating. Take no pleasure in that. That's what it's telling us. And if I got to be honest with you, it's been that way for a long time. And it's still that way today. That the, the things of this world were taking pleasure in them as opposed to taking pleasure in the things of God. The Bible says in Psalms 37, 4, delight yourself, take pleasure, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I don't know why we don't know that secret. I, told, I tell you guys all the time that everything that I desire from a youth, it started happening when I delighted myself in the Lord. It didn't happen before that. Before that, I was chasing something. Before Jesus, I was always chasing something. I was always trying to get something. I was always trying to get ahead. There was something always before me, before Jesus. But when I delighted myself in the Lord... Like Brother Scarlett, you guys go, oh, Lord, this is too much. I said this maybe a month or two ago, and I'm not exaggerating. I have overachieving God. And if I die tomorrow or right now, I die to overachiever. That's how good God has been to me. There's no way I thought whatever happened to me so far in my walk with God that it could have happened. I am an overachiever and I'm just sitting back like, that's why nobody gets me upset and when things don't go right, it doesn't bother me because all I'm sitting back saying, man, you kidding me? You can do whatever you want because I'm an overachiever. Like what I'm, I'm living off gravy right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm living off some overflow right now. It's not anything else because it's too much that God has done that I don't deserve, first of all. And secondly, I can't believe he's doing it for me. Why is he doing it for me? I have no idea. He won't do any different for you. I had to look at how it worked, why I got there. And like I said, I know how it worked. I do some ridiculous, I do some things for God that you think is ridiculous. <laughs> like this evening. I'm not picking on anybody. Please don't think I'm picking on anybody. Like this evening. It just so happened that church tonight is on the day that we have prayer. Prayer is at 630. 
and church started at nine o'clock. And the normal sane thing for the pastor to do was to say, just don't worry about prayer tonight. Because we're going to get there at nine o'clock and pray anyway. So just that was normal. But because I'm not normal, I said, we still don't pray at 630. You can come if you want or not. And so 6.30, I came to prayer. Well, we come and set the room up, and we, we, I came to prayer, and I prayed. Then I had a barbershop appointment. I had to go to the barbershop and get that done, go home, and rush in to come to church. I am insane for Christ. I'm just out of control. And I, I don't even know what to do. I can't even be normal. Because if you live for God easy, it will be hard. And if you live for God hard, Oh, come on. Do you follow that? If you live for God easy, it will be hard. If you live for God hard, it will be easy. So if you're living for God and you're saying, uh, not today, that's living for God easy. But then you're going to find yourself struggling sometimes to do it when you know you should. And it's a, it's a struggle because you don't always do it. So it makes it hard to live for God. But when your mindset is, I'm doing everything. When I wake up in the morning, I don't have to think about what I'm doing. I'm doing everything for God. And I'm going to just overdo it. And I'm going to keep on doing it. What's wrong with him? I can't help myself. So the point is, you live for God easy, it's going to be hard for you. Because trying to make decisions all the time, figure out what to do, that becomes complicated. But when you just know that this is your schedule and there's nothing that's going to change, oh, but that's easy. I don't have to make a whole lot of decisions. Many of you might have to make a lot of decisions. I don't have to make none. I knew I was going to be here tonight. I knew what time I was going to be here. I knew I was going to be here earlier. Everything. Everything is gone. I know Thursday coming up, I got to teach Bible study. There's no doubt about it. And I got to start preparing everything for next Thursday. And I know Sunday morning coming, I got to preach. Just keep going. That's not just for the preacher. Everybody has to do that in their own way and place where they are in God. We gotta live for God hard. Don't even, don't give any of it any second thought. Don't make any choices. The choice is already made for you. When you sign up to be a part of Christ Center Church, whatever Christ Center Church put together, that was, it was, it was all made up for you. I, 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 you didn't know that? No? Uh, yeah, that's how it works. And if you decide you want to transfer to go to someplace else, whatever their lineup is, that's what it is. It's already there for you. Cause that's just how it works. I hope you never get a transfer, though. I, I love y'all. That's one thing about me. I love people, man. And uh, I, I don't want you leaving me. I, I'm going to hold on to your leg. No, don't go. Pastor, I, I just feel like I got No. Not letting you go. Love God and love people. That's what it's all about. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. When the Bible talks about the lust of the flesh, it's talking about any sort of selfish greed, craving simply to satisfy your physical desires in rebellion against God. So when it's talking about the lust of the flesh, anything you desire that's selfish and it rebels against the word of God... That's lust of the flesh is something you shouldn't have. So, go down the road. Having some sex 
when you're not married, that's rebelling against the word of God. Why are y'all quiet like that? Like I just said. We probably all did it. Here we go again. This Christ in the church. You don't have to worry about it. We all did it. Y'all saying it like, ooh. Let me see. Let me look around. I'm not even going to test it. But I'm almost certain majority of us did that. My goodness. We're getting all worried. Listen, keep on coming. You like this church. Can we just real as it comes? We're going to keep it real because we're going to help you get to heaven. And we want to hear a whole lot of testimonies about bad stuff that got good. I told God, I'm praying for your marriage, Sister Sammy, because I told God, this is, this is, this is what I like. I don't know about everybody, but let me tell you about me. And I had a lot of challenges in my marriage. And God's been gracious that he helped us. And we worked through a lot of our challenges. And I like that. Here's another thing that I'm enjoying with God, because this is what I said. When I went through all the challenges and I'm, I'm just dealing, I said, God, nowadays there's a lot of blended families. There's a lot of people challenged. And if I have a perfect marriage, I ain't never going to be able to counsel nobody. <laughs> so when my marriage was in turmoil and stuff was crazy, I wasn't worried. I'm just, God, help me to hang on and keep on going because I want to be able to help people and be able to tell them, oh, yes, it came close. Oh, yes, it was a mess. Oh, yes, out of control. But guess what? Man, we better than ever and going strong. And we're going to do this until Jesus comes or until we die. And somebody will be able to say, yeah, I can make it because you made it. I don't even have no perfect marriage. I didn't marry this the sweetheart of my dreams when I was young. God put us together and we're going to stay together. This is why I like to hear stuff when it go wrong and it get right. Because that happened for me. Please. Man. For all the preachers that had great Marriages and they married the woman of their dreams and they were just little kids growing up in church. You know, brother, that just sound good. We were kids in Sunday school and grew up in church and we got married and we have six children, three girls and three boys and they're all in ministry and everything is good. I thank God for them, but I ain't have it like that. My stuff was crazy. But I understand, guess what? Everybody's stuff crazy. And when you come talk to me, I can share some crazy stuff that got right. Oh, help me, Jesus. It ain't easy for marriage now as it was back in the day. Back in the day, a woman come, a woman just stay home, husband go work the money, have his girlfriend on the side, but he just makes sure he take care of home. That's what happened. Nobody said anything. As long as the food getting put on the table, the woman good, the kids good, the man had his woman down the street and he got his wife at home and nobody said one word. That's how it worked back in the day. Woman ain't say nothing. That's not how it worked right now, brother. You try that mess, you're getting stabbed. You try that mess, they, they take their own money and they gone. It don't work that way. It doesn't. So how can my perfect marriage help these people? No, I had to have some stuff. And now I can tell them. Man, you talking about I'm a man of God and your wife to just, man, she'll straighten you out. 
Back in the day, woman ain't opening her mouth because she don't bring no money in. And the man is the only one. So if she look wrong, you look like what? You don't work? Go wash my clothes. That's it. I'm just telling you the truth. Now, brother trying to act like he want to open up his eyes. She's like, I got my own job. I got my own car. You can do whatever you want. And I got some money on the side. And you put all your money in the bank account where me and you bank. So if I take it all, you got nothing. I'm just telling you how it goes. So I'm glad I wasn't, I didn't have the perfect scenario. I can talk to you. You can come to me and I'll tell you how to overcome it. Oh, lust of the flesh. I got to finish up here. The lust of the eyes. Everything your eyes see, it wants. Everything your eyes see, it wants. That's what happened to Eve. She saw and she wanted. And your eyes fool you, make you think you want something that you don't. How many times you thought you wanted to eat something? Man, I haven't eaten so-and-so in a long time. Let me go buy that. I haven't had it in so long, and you bite into it, and it just wasn't that enjoyable. But she was dying for it for days. You talked about it for days. I haven't had this in a long time. And as soon as you go get it, and you buy it, it wasn't even that good. Eyes will fool you every time. Brothers, let me talk to the brothers. Because that's who get fooled by the eyes all the time. Lord, it's New Year's Eve. (laughs) Can I tell y'all something, ladies? Brothers check you out by how they look at you. That's just how God made them. Brothers, this is what they use. They don't use this. They don't use this. They use this. So that's what operate. So I will suggest the wives look good. When you go to bed, look good. All right. Y'all can laugh at me if all you want. Men get their mid-50s or something, and all of a sudden you hear they leave their wife with some young girl. You know why? You wasn't looking good, so he looked where somebody was looking good. Now, I ain't tell you it's right. I'm just telling you what happened. We, that's what happened to us. And what happened to the woman is this, the emotion. Dude barely work, but I see potential in him. I can get him to work and go to work every day and bring home money and dude barely work. Her emotion was just caught up because he was saying some good stuff. I can get him to work. And every six weeks, he's looking for a new job. But I can get him to work. See the difference? So our eyes get us in trouble because as soon as we see something that we go after it and, and, and whatever we thought it was going to be, it, and it might not be, we're in trouble. That's what get guys in trouble. Hear me straight out because I know this. Our eyes get us in trouble. We let our eyes make us do stuff. And then now it becomes a problem for us. And now we want to get mad. Don't get mad, brother. You let your eyes trick you. Why she don't leave me alone? Your eyes tricked you. Because she don't leave you alone that easily. Because you, you dug into her emotions. And now you can't get rid of her. You mad at her. No, you dug into her emotions because you saw. You saw what you wanted to see. And you didn't get all into it. The pride of life. I'm finished. The pride of life refers to both the inward attitude and the outward boasting because of obsession with one's status of possession. 
The word pride may carry a note of exaggeration. This person brags in order to impress people, but bragging may stretch the truth. Your temptation to have the pride of life is Facebook. I can't tell y'all. Can somebody answer this for me? Somebody, guys, my son probably can answer it for me. Son, why do people take a picture, a nice picture, and then post it on Facebook? Okay. Oh, son, why are you going so hard on people? Because I was just asking the question. That's what they want attention? My son, that's not like really sold out to God is saying that, not the pastor. I kind of knew that. But I didn't want to answer because people are going to say, man, that pastor always talking about that. But I was trying to figure that out. We take our nice picture and we put it on there. And all I know, I'm scrolling, Brother D. And all of a sudden, sometimes it's scary. You know what I mean? <laughs> sometimes you're scrolling. Oh, my goodness. Who is that? I'm like, why do I need to see your picture? I know who you look like. What you look What? Oh! I don't know. I try my best. What my some tell the truth. That never happened to you before. You're scrolling down your Facebook and somebody picture because they just took a cute picture and you just scroll into and it's like, whoa. Like it just like jolted you a little bit. Like, oh. Sometimes people barely got clothes on. Oh. <laughs> love not the world. Neither the things of the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We are to love God and love people. That's our main concern. Not the things of this world. Not the things that's going to get us messed up. The Bible says no man can serve two masters. You can't have pleasure in the things of this world and still have pleasure in God. It don't work because what's going to happen is you're going to hold to one. There's two dog inside of you and the dog you feed the most will be the strongest. If I got lust of the world in me and I've got a little bit of God in me, if I go to the world more than I go to God, I'm going to desire the world more because I'm feeding myself the world more. If I eat steak, I want a whole lot of steak. If I eat seafood, I want a whole lot of seafood. If I eat chicken, I want a whole lot of chicken. Whatever you feed the most is what you're going to yearn the most. And so that's the struggle that we got to look at. What you doing? I'm, God is not telling you not to enjoy the world. What he's saying is get more of me than you get of that. Because if you get more of me than you get of that, you will have control over that. But if you get more of that than you get me, then you have no control. Believers must love God and love their brothers and sisters in Christ and love the people of this world. God values self-control, a spirit of generosity, and commitment to humble people. We must do as Jesus did. Love people and love the Father. Colossians 3 and 2 says, Set your affections on the things above, not on the things on this earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid in Christ. You don't have to be seen by anybody because when you're in Christ, guess who sees you? The King of Kings. Christ sees you. That's who I want to see me, not the people on Facebook. 
When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him. First John chapter 5 verse 2 says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. When you do God's word or God's will, but it's hard, God don't want it. You want me to read that again? Okay, let me read it again. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. So when we say we love God, we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not, what? Grievous. So if his commandments is grievous to us, God is saying, just don't even bother. You ever do that to your kids? I do that to mine all the time. Cut the grass. You know what? Don't even bother because you're just going to mess it up because you don't want to cut it. Take the garbage out. They forget it all. You know what? Forget it because you But whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? If we're going to make it in 2017, my challenge for you is to love God and love people and don't let the things of this world be more important to you than the things of God. And the things of God, let me be honest to you, the most important thing to God is what? That's it. God ain't coming back for the grass. He ain't coming back for the trees. He's not coming back for them plants. He's not coming back for all the nice things, the beaches and all that stuff. He's coming back for people. People are the most important thing. So if we want to please God, love him and love people. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. It's offering time. Brother Scarlett, come. We're going to take our offering and then we're going to do communion. You ready for communion? Amen. Come on, my brother. Praise God. And everybody say praise the Lord. A nice loud round of a praise to God one more time. Give a lot of round of applause, everybody. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite you all to stand at this moment. We're going to get um, our offering tonight. Amen. If you need an envelope, just wave your hands. We have a couple guests in our midst tonight. We want to recognize our guests that are here tonight. Of course, we have Mr. Diane. Yeah, we have you used to song earlier. So glad to have you again with us. And of course, we have another cousin here. Amen. We're so glad to have you. Amen. Amen. And we have, um, I didn't get your name back there. That's fine. Vala? Vala. We're so glad to have you with us tonight. Amen. And make sure you fill out that card for us, that guest card. Amen. We need that information. We need to get back to you. And we need to get back dying, make know that, you know, if you're going to be around for here, you only visit her once, you know, the second time you come, we'll claim you, we don't bite, you know, we love fever, we love God, and we love fever in this church, amen, amen, give a good offering tonight, amen, praise God, we have a little usher up here tonight, you know, don't look, don't overlook him, I run him over, um, don't forget, if you have your, um, your envelope, Christmas for Christ, you can still hand it in. We still have um, you know, another week or two. So if you have it, you can either hand it in tonight or if not, next week. 
Um, let's bow our heads. Father God, we thank you for this time of service. We thank you for the words tonight, Lord God. As we're about to receive tonight our offering, we ask your blessing upon those who have to give. Those who have not likewise, make a way so they can be a blessing in the kingdom of God. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Starting from the rear, bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, I just want to 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 thank you